Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. All the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3 our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibilities. I say one Mississippi, there's a magnolia tree. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. From the Foundation Studio, right here on Biloxi's Back Bay, I want to welcome you to Super Talk Outdoors, where we celebrate together every single Monday at lunchtime the world-class outdoors of the state of Mississippi, because as I say every week, we are the capital of the outdoors in America. I want to thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi radio network and on uh, Super Talk TV uh, at Seaspire TV. But if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook or listening on your favorite podcast, it's February the 6th, 2023. Wow. I mean, 2023 is speeding by rapidly. Um, hey, listen, I've got a quick update for you, a legislative update. The House overwhelmingly passed a bill. The number on this bill is HB 999, 999. It creates a dedicated funding source for the Outdoor, Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund, something that we've worked so hard on here in this state and here on the show. Um, and of course, uh, you know, it's, it's moving along quite nicely. I've been in touch with a lot of the Board of Trustees and uh, they've been forming this organization and getting it ready to go. Uh, lots, of, uh, lots of proposals for funding have come toward them. They've hired a new executive director and I'm really thrilled that the new executive director is our friend Ricky Flint from the, the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks. I think he's gonna do a great job in that position. He's got such a long history in conservation, understands how all these parts and pieces come together. And so I'm thrilled that the new executive director for the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund is Ricky Flint. But this bill that was passed, 999, it would create a sales tax diversion, which was actually part of the original bill. The, the bill that was proposed last year had sales tax diversion in it, but it was ultimately changed to what is called an annual appropriation. What you, an annual appropriation, you have to wait until the legislative session and hope that the money is coming. Now, now the speaker and the lieutenant governor have, uh, have said that they plan to do hopefully around $20 million this year uh, in appropriation. And that's terrific. We need that in order to keep this thing moving forward. But, but unfortunately, when you have to wait for an annual appropriation, it doesn't enable the kind of long-term planning and implementation that we need to be able to do in this state. So the, the, to match the best practices of other states across the U.S. who have done their, their trust funds similar to our Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund, um, we, uh, they've done great, at, they've done, had great success with their federal matching efforts to match that. We need to have a dedicated funding source. So the House bill proposes a sales tax diversion from the sale of sporting goods. Uh, this is what is called a user pay system. It, it, it actually enables those participating in the outdoors to have a portion of their tax dollars directed toward conservation. 
it's really kind of the, the perfect uh, funding match as far as I'm concerned. Uh, this is really important. The, the sales tax diversion is, I think, the most important thing it does is it divorces future funding from the political process. So you don't have to come back and lobby every single year to get money flowing into the, into the trust fund. Um, taking this, uh, this approach, as I mentioned, is really going to create a predictable and reliable funding source uh, for the future, which is going to really help you with long-term planning. And it's also going to match the timing of federal matching fund application cycles. You know, this is really important. The, the, one of the most important things this trust fund does is it's going to enable us to maximize leverage opportunities with the federal government. So we can take a state dollar and turn it into one, two, three, or more federal dollars uh, so that you know you can really leverage the money. So when you can take a state dollar and turn it in one into four or one into three, uh, because of the federal matching funds, that's a really really good thing. So it's good stuff. It's important stuff. And now we look to the Senate for next steps, and we'll keep you up to date on what all that's about. So without any further ado, I'm excited now to have my friend Lake Pickle join us again from Onyx. On X, uh, Primo's Truth About Hunting TV show, and of course, Primo's Speak the uh, Language podcast, someone who's been on the show many times and someone I enjoy touching base with. How you doing, Lake? Man, I'm doing great. Can't complain at all. Happy to be here and happy to be back on the show talking to you. Yeah, well, good, buddy. Hey, listen, I, I joked with Kyle, who incidentally, as I mentioned prior to the show starting, one of the most patient people on earth. Uh, Cal Curley, the producer of, of, a, of Super Talk Outdoors, who I'm looking at now through the video monitor. But I mentioned to him, looking at your background, you love turkey hunting, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It, it, it's uh, there's there's no uh, faulting that at all or doubting that. And yeah, as soon as I mean, we're in the month of February now, and anyone that knows me and then my dear wife right now, especially the second that like we get into late January and it cracks February. And I know February is like a buffer month between fall and winter seasons into spring turkey seasons. My gears have shifted. That's all I've been thinking about lately is gobbling. Well, turkey. actually, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that, too, today. And then also Adam Butler, who's uh, head of the turkey program for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, is going to join me in the second half of the show. But for the radio audience, describe what I'm talking about by your background. So behind me, this is my this is my home office, and uh, I had just through the years of working for Primos, and then the turkey hunt years before that, I have accumulated you know a good bit of turkey fans, and I like to display them. And so what I basically got is I got a fans overlapping one another, and they just kind of cover my back wall. Uh, kind of got the idea from a oh, I can't remember where I got or, no a guy did it with grouse fans. And yeah. it was a lot smaller, obviously, because turkey fans are bigger. But, but yeah, it's my uh, turkey shrine behind me. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good to see. Hey, listen, you heard what I, I gave an update on the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund as we were getting started. But it's good to see the. It's good. To, obviously, the 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 fund is is up and running, and and the the tr trustees are all really, I would say, a dream team of trustees. They've got a new executive director now, Ricky Flint. And you know they're progressing rapidly, and and that's great to see. And it's good to see the legislature as well working on some ways to kind of tweak it a little bit. But we're lucky to have so much focus now on on the outdoors, aren't we, buddy? Oh, there's no doubt. And it, it, 
I, it's nice to hear you talk about the stewardship trust fund in the way that you are now, because I heard you and I heard Will talk about it for so long, trying to get us to this point where we are now and to see the follow through, especially with like, you know, like Ricky Flint. Um, I've been, I, I've liked that guy for quite some time. And so, so yeah, it's turning out great. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. And, and you, you and I, the last time we were on the show, we talked about the uh, some efforts, some behind the scenes efforts by some a few men who breed deer in Mississippi, who have high fences that I call who want to become the deer kings in Mississippi. Um, some efforts to to try to get the commission for department for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks to pass. Uh, regulations that enable the sale of whitetail deer in Mississippi, and I'm very strongly opposed to it. I know you are too, but um, it's been kind of quiet. Sometimes quiet's not good. That means a lot of work's going on behind the scenes to try to get the the uh, the uh, everything in alignment, but uh, we'll stay focused on it. Uh, you hearing anything on your side? I have not. Like I said, I, I expected I expected it to not be as quiet as it is, and, and I don't know if that's because, you know, some lights got shed on it and they're they're moving strategy around i don't know i hope that's not the case um but but yeah i my position on it has not changed as you can imagine i'm i'm very opposed yeah just one last point about that um if you just want to have a talking point you know i'm just talking about anyone who enjoys the outdoors in mississippi why it's important not to sell whitetail deer is that we embrace what is called the north american wildlife uh, conservation effort in Mississippi. Aldo Leopold is the, is sort of the father of that effort. And what it, at, at, at sort of at the core of that is that wildlife belong to the people, but wildlife belong to the public. And if you start saying that wildlife belong, some wildlife belong to individuals, then it opens up Pandora's box. It makes it difficult to to manage things like CWD, but it's just not just CW. It could be any other um, other uh, um, you know biological problem that could that could occur. It makes it harder to to manage the resource. Um, it it inevitably will cost both sides a ton of money because if you go look at states like Texas and Wisconsin and others, there's been tremendous court value uh, battles over this where the state supreme courts have had to had to weigh in. And I'm just hoping we can avoid all that. I, I really do. At the end of the day, wildlife in Mississippi belong to us. And we can't let a few deer kings in this state change that because Pandora's box opening would not be good for the average outdoorsman in Mississippi. Anything else you want to say about that, uh, Lake, before we move on? Yeah, just quickly. I mean, I think you summed it up great. You know, deer is long. The rest of the wildlife is a public resource. The The easiest thing for me to point to is a reason for to not do this is CWD. But honestly if you took CWD completely out of the equation I still would be completely against it. It's it's yeah. it's morally incorrect it's unethical it's not it's not what we do as, as sportsmen so so yeah I think you did a great job in summing it up. Well thank thank you Lake. hey we're visiting with Lake Pickle and uh, of course you know him from Primos he also is with Onyx um, he's got other efforts that he's involved in as well when we come back on the other side we're going to look back on this season a little bit and uh, and look forward to turkey season as we get ready for Adam Butler in the very in the second half of the show. So we'll be back into this break.
remember your first love? Do you remember the butterflies in your stomach? Or that first kiss? Well, saying I love you, especially that first time, isn't always easy, is it? And that's where we come in this Valentine's at Juniker Jewelry Company. We are Mississippi's largest fine jeweler, with thousands of ways to say I love you all over again. With case after case of beautiful designer jewelry, legendary estate collections, lustrous pearls, and gorgeous colored gemstone jewelry. To Juniker's diamond studs and pendants she'll wear and cherish every day. Or the ultimate Valentine's gift, an incomparable Juniker's diamond engagement ring from our bridal designer gallery. The Valentine prices started well under $500, and guys, we promise. She'll hear I love you loud and clear. For your first love. Or the love of a lifetime. This Valentine's come to Juniker Jewelry Company. Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and junikerjewelry.com. Open Valentine's Day until 6 p.m. So how do you know if you have hail damage? Not all roof damage can be spotted from the ground. Gallo here from Experience Believe Me. You need a pro that you can trust to give you an honest assessment of your roof. There's no better team than Watkins Construction and Roofing. You can trust them to give you an honest evaluation. The Watkins team will answer your call 24-7 and give you a complimentary roof inspection and estimate. Plus, count on them to get back with you as fast as the next business day. Financing is available. Count on the pros. Watkins, 601-966-8233. Rogers Dab Chevrolet is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. Rogers Dab Service Parts and Quick Lube are open Monday through Friday from 7 a.m till 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. Crossgates Brandon or RogersDabs.com. With the current market and economic volatility and all the chaos in Washington, if you're feeling anxious about your investments, tune into Super Talk Jackson 97.3 on Sundays from 830 to 930 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Having any electrical problems? LaValley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. LaValley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969. Or online at LaValleyServices.com. That's LaValleyServices.com. At AgUp, your local John Deere dealer, you can leave it up to us, or you can build it, price it, and own it with a simple click of a button at agup.com. Build it. Select from tractors and lawn equipment. Next, choose which implements and attachments best fit your tasks. Price it. Receive immediate pricing. Own it. Pick it up at your AgUp location. Visit agup.com today to begin customizing your equipment, or feel free to leave it up to us. And visit any of our 16 locations in Mississippi and Arkansas. All the folks in the Capital City metro area love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend Lake Pickle with us, and I always enjoy visiting with, with Lake. We can talk about some serious issues, but most of the time we just talk about our love of the outdoors. Um, Lake, real quick, I want to tell you that what I did this past weekend, when we first entered into the Mississippi Delta a few years ago, we, we leased 1,000 a, a acres uh, between Greenwood and Blackhawk. It has a, had a really nice lodge on it. And, um, you know, some, so the honey there was good, but not great, to be quite honest with you. But what, what we did ultimately, one of the owners of that is the Dunn family, um, 
Clinton and Travis Dunn, their father Dwight, just terrific family that we got close to. And they have other land over in Minner City that they farm, and then over in Chula as well. And uh, you know what what happened is, as we sort of got a lay of the land on the original farm, we started sort of reaching out and, and beginning to you know lease other land. I leased uh, two other farms as a result of that. And now, uh, two of my best friends have with one of one of the members of the Dunn family bought some additional land that's adjacent to the land in Chula that we lease. So what's happened is we've evolved. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everyone. So this past weekend, we moved from the main farm over to uh, the main farm for the Dunn family and on a, in a house there. But And we've been in this particular house for about six years, man, moving. And tell you what, when you live in a house for six years, you settle in. <laughs> and it was pure D heck <laughs> getting out of that house. But we're so excited about where we're where we are now, and uh, you know when you lease land, it's just the way it is. You know, so, so, so we at least you know, at least a, two two of the, my little family members now own or friends own uh, some land now that's adjacent to land that we that we hunt, and I think that 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 trend will continue. Uh, but when you lease land, you got to be willing to kind of move around a little bit, and uh, we dreaded it, but it's behind us now, and uh, we're excited about it. So that's that was my past weekend. That's how we ended the season, having to do a big move. But you've heard having to move before, haven't you? Uh, it's like you said. It, there's there's a lot of pros to to leasing good hunting ground, but it comes with some cons, as does everything in life. And so yeah, I'm no stranger in having to move camps. Heck, we've done it. I feel like ever since we. I told Brad and Jimmy one time, ever since we left Cottonmouth, I felt like we was a traveling roadshow. We just kept <laughs> just bouncing around, you know, but it's just, I mean, it's part of it. Uh, as from a primo standpoint, it was honestly, it was, while it was difficult, it made it more relatable. Cause I mean, I mean, Cottonmouth, I mean, there, there's a, there's a place in my heart where Cottonmouth will always live, but uh what we're what primos and myself are, are having to do now with moving around from lease to lease that's a lot more relatable <laughs> to yeah, it is it is five percent of the hunters in this state yeah i know when you guys moved to the bluffs you did a you did a either a show or, or certainly a video uh, uh piece on it that you posted at the primos uh, mm -hmm. truth about hunting uh youtube site and uh, you know, you know, going through the memories of the old place and gathering up stands and all—it's man, I tell you what—it's hard. It's hard moving from one 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 land to another. <laughs> but you demonstrated it. Well, and it's so there was one particular one in that video we called it showed it in the video we called it the Bodox stand, and is no, for no other reason you were in this big kind of select cut. Um, but the, the, there was this, when you sat in the tree, like directly at your 12 o'clock, about 80 yards out there was this big old Bodoc tree. So it just named it the Bodoc stand. And we had so many good rut hunts in that stand. When, when it was rutting and the buck started cruising, chasing does around, that is where you wanted to be. I, we called in, I, kill, I killed a good buck out of that stand. Brad killed a good, I don't know how many bucks we killed out of that stand. It was just one of those spots. That you, even if you couldn't kill a buck, you wanted to go there. <laughs> it was just nonstop chasing. You were going to see something. And I remember pulling those lock-ons out of that tree, and I was just kind of like, Man, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, man. I hear you. Yeah. I, hey, we had we, my friend Terry Waldrop bought thirty acres adjacent to 
the the thousand acres that, that I leased, and uh, we ultimately flipped this back to the owner. You know that that all went pretty well, but uh, it's the prettiest thirty acres you've ever seen in your life. You know, bordered by a bottom and then a sort of a creek on one side, and it just was a major transition point. So he, he killed a beautiful ten point last year that we had had on camera, and this year I had this year I had two of the best hunts I've ever had in my life. Both ten points, one at the main camp at this at at Terryland that I'm just telling you about now, then one over in Minner City. But it was the Terryland story is very much that that it's a it's a great transition point during the rut, and if it's rut, that's where you want to be. And we'll miss that. We'll miss you know those memories. I mean, there are memories all over that place. You know, just oh, yeah. you, you 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 know being in the outdoors with family and friends. It's all about the memories. But we're going to make new memories at our new place. And most of our best hunting basically are on the on the leases that we have now that we've had for for a few years and we're, we're excited about the future but you know it's uh i mean it, hunting is life isn't it it is and i'll tell you one thing that i learned is none of the, none of them stung as worse as cottonmouth cottonmouth did because we were there for like six or seven years pretty much exclusively whitetail and waterfowl hunting in that place um leaving the bluffs was hard it wasn't as hard because it kind of it, it kind of brought it to a new light where it's like obviously i mean there's places about the bluffs that i think about that i thought about this past fall that i'll be thinking about this spring that i'm like man i wonder you know how many are gobbling over there but instead it's kind of shifted towards i know i mean that's going to keep happening there's no hunting spot that lasts forever you're going to have to move that's just life and so instead i think more on like well what am I going to find at the next place? You know, there's good, there's that, there's the next good spot. I just got to keep looking. I'll find it. I just got to look long enough. Hey, one of the benefits to this land, this 500 acres that they bought adjacent to the 250 acres that I lease, is that the duck hunting there is uh, really good. We had we had some of the funnest duck hunts toward the end of the year. Have a beautiful cypress lake, and then flooded bottoms, and then you know cornfields that are you know that are, that are flooded. Oh my gosh, it's just a, it's just set up for great hunting, and the views are amazing. Uh, my buddy Terry and and uh, Jordan, my son, and I had. Really, the best duck hunt I've ever had. Just, just being together and laughing each each other and ribbing each other. Duck hunting is. I know we talked about this before, but it is the ultimate social sport, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, I tell people all the time that's that's one of the things that draws me to it the most. That's like the first type of hunting that I took my wife on was with me was a duck hunt because I didn't want to put her in a deer stand where, I, where we have to be like. Shh. The entire time, you know, <laughs> we're just like we go duck hunting, and whether the duck duck hunting is slow or whether it's awesome, we can talk and find something to laugh about, you know. And and of course, I like hunting with my dog, and yeah, there's duck hunting is is very is one of my favorites for sure. Hey, listen, when you look back on <clears throat> when you look back on this season in terms of your Mississippi hunts, what stands out to you? Honestly. Uh, it, I'm going to go back to duck hunting because when we when we went to the bluffs at, at Primos, one of the things we we gained like at Cottonmouth we had whitetails and we had waterfowl. We did not have turkeys at the bluffs. We had whitetails. We had turkeys. We didn't have waterfowl. And so 
I missed duck hunting. Like I, I, I got to go those those years we were at Kudzu, but it was here and there. It was like when I had a weekend or I could slip away for a morning and go with a buddy. Whereas like this year, me and my dog, who I'm very fond of and who I love hunting with, me and him, we hunted as much as our as much as my truck engine and my wife would allow. So we went <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, how did how did Will and them do at their new place? They did good. Uh, they did good. It, uh, of course, you know, we're kind of like we said, it's it's a new it's a new endeavor because it's a spot we've never been to. So there was a, there's a figuring out process. And like I said, I hunted with Brad. Um, it was the last week of the, the season in Mississippi. And before we even went hunting, I was in the camp house with him and Jimmy and, and they were already talking about, well, next year we know we have to do this. And next year, you know, it's already starting to place the pieces together on how you can improve and how you can get better and just things that you learn. I mean, you know, it's, it's the first season in a new spot. It's it's like you got to get you kind of got to get familiar with it. Yeah, there's no doubt. I've, I, I, what I have done over the years is develop a relationship with a really, really good bulldozer operator. It can help me build some new roll, roads and, and create some uh, create some new food plots in areas where we, you know you learn the land. You know, you learn the land. And the other thing is when you I've got I've got two family, mostly family owners, a couple of friends that hunt with me and, um, you know, we'll, we'll be four or five of us on a weekend and we want to be able to spread the pressure out. That's something I know you guys focused on a whole bunch and uh, so we got to create more opportunities for us to be able to spread the, the pressure out, but it's an exciting time. As you as you look forward and as we kind of wind down this segment, turkey hunting, you mentioned it's just part of who you are, it's part of your DNA, but um, describe just as briefly as you know how why turkey hunting is so magnetic for you. Um, I started to gain, I became a better woodsman because of turkey hunting. Because when I was a child, you know, I, it was just box stands and ladder stands. And, and when I started turkey hunting, I started learning, I had to move through the woods and I started had to understand why a turkey was where he was and the right moves I needed to make to get where it was. To me, it was a lot more, this may sound goofy, it was a more intimate style of hunting. And so I just feel so much more in tune with nature when I'm, when I'm out there because there's so many more sights and sounds and spring woods are coming alive. I just love it. And of course the communication back and forth the yeah, the opportunity to actually communicate back and forth, like like when those ducks come in, for example, and you're having this, and they round and round, and they come in, and you finish four all at one time, and turkey hunting's that on steroids, that is for sure. Hey, we'll uh, we'll keep Lake Pickle in the uh, in the queue and get him back pretty soon. I always enjoy visiting with him. When we come back on the other side, we're going to be spending some time with Adam Butler talking about. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 69. Tonight, partly cloudy, low down to 52. Your Tuesday, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 72. Tuesday evening, 40% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, low around 56. And for your Wednesday, a 50-50 shot of rain and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy, high near 73. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871. Carter Jewelers is giving away roses and kisses with every jewelry purchase. And when you draw your Hershey's Kiss, you'll receive extra discounts up to 30% depending on the color of your kiss. These additional kiss discounts apply to all the jewelry in our stores, including jewelry with second and third markdowns, all engagement rings, loose diamonds, and hundreds of pieces of fine jewelry marked down under $100 and under $200. 
These KISS discounts also come with a half dozen roses from our friends at Greenbrook Flowers during this massive clearance sale, which add up to incredible savings store-wide. We have 18 months interest-free financing, layaway, and no credit check financing. Thank you to our friends who have voted us Best of Jackson for the last three years with the Jackson Free Press. So KISS discounts up to 30% off free roses that's Carter Jewelers at the corner of State and High Street, downtown Jackson, and the Pemberton Plaza in Vicksburg. The Gallo Radio Show is brought to you in part by Trust Care, where patients of all ages come for urgent and primary care you can trust. Trust Care clinics are staffed with friendly, experienced providers and open late. Walk in today or schedule your appointment at TrustCareHealth.com. Trust Care. Feel better, faster. returning to Jackson for one night only at the Thalia Mara Hall. The greatest big band of all time, the Glenn Miller Orchestra. Pennsylvania 6 An evening of jazz, swing, and timeless classics. the Glenn Miller Orchestra. Pardon me, boy. Is that the Chattanooga choo-choo? Yes, yes. Boy, you can give me a shine. Tickets on sale now at the Ticketland office, online at thalumarahall.net, or by phone. Presented by DDA. The Glenn Miller Orchestra, February 15th at the Thalumara Hall. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. For the first time in nearly a decade, the Mississippi State Penitentiary at Parchman has earned accreditation from the American Correctional Association. The Superintendent Mark McClure and I received the certificate, and uh, it is accredited again, and so that's really good. MDOT Commissioner Burl Kane, the new accreditation at Parchman comes after the recent dismissal of two lawsuits filed by entertainers Jay-Z and Yo Gotti on behalf of inmates regarding the once subpar living conditions. And the University of Mississippi Medical Center will be offering free cancer screens for uninsured women on March 25th. The screenings seek to prevent breast, cervical, as well as oral cancer. To learn how to make an appointment, log on to supertalk.fm. I'm J.T. Mitchell, Supertalk Mississippi News. Join Mississippi's handyman, Buddy Slowick, every Saturday from 10 till noon as he broadcasts live from the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation studio. Contact MCEF today, leading the way in training, credentials, and job placement. The Dixie National is near, so it's time to get in gear and rope a deal with the Mighty 3E John Deere Compact Tractor from AgUp Equipment. This tough tractor is efficient, economical, and easy to use, and with 0% for 60 months and at $1,000 off, AgUp Equipment is making it even easier to own. Gear up for spring with savings at AgUp Equipment, in-store or online at agup.com. Offer ends 430.23. Some exclusions apply. See dealer for details. I'm Attorney General Lynn Fitch. My office is leading a statewide initiative to provide you with the tools to recognize human trafficking. Go to AttorneyGeneralLynnFitch.com to learn more. Together, we can be the solution. 
You know that nowadays most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money? And a lot of businesses are losing opportunities to get new customers if they aren't online. With the power of STMM Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referrals and repeat business. The highly trained and trusted team at STMM Digital is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Kudzu Walls and Fall Football. A Gulf Coast sunset and a Delta. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors from the Foundation Studio right here on Biloxi's Back Bay. You know, I enjoyed that conversation with Lake Pickle. He's just a he's just a such a dedicated resource. I, I refer to him and Will and Brad and Jimmy and all those guys as outdoor ambassadors for Mississippi because they represent Mississippi to the nation, really beyond you know around the world for that matter. And uh, it just loves the outdoors. So it's just fun checking in with Lake. Let's uh, let's turn to the the uh, page now. And move over to my friend Adam Butler, who's the Wild Turkey Program Coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. So first of all, let me just say good morning, Adam. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. How are y'all? We're doing really good. Hey, listen, uh, we talked about, of course, the radio audience couldn't see it. Those on YouTube and Facebook could and Super Talk TV. Um, uh, Lake's background of all those uh, those turkey fans back there, he called it his uh, his turkey, uh, what, do you, what do you call it when, when we were together? Anyway, it was, what was that, Kyle? You, you were about to say, but, <laughs> it's, it's, but anyway. Yeah, it was definitely his prized possession, but you feel, don't have a background, a Adam. I feel a little bit unprepared. I'm just sitting here in the, the conference room at the MDWFP <laughs> office. I just got a great background, you know. I, I'm not, I'm you not got really some work to do, man. Oh, he called background. it shrine. That's what he called it, a turkey shrine. That's right. It came back to me. But, yeah, it was awesome to see that back there. But he he, he loves the, the turkey hunting. And as he was describing it to us before we went to break just a few minutes ago, you know, what he learned about the outdoors by going out there turkey hunting, what you know, the lay of the land, the conversation with the turkey, just the overall experience taught him so much about the outdoors. But you hear that all the time, don't you, Adam? Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm I'm always quick to point out how passionate, you know, Mississippians are about turkey hunting. You know, we're not the we're not the only state where I think as deep a turkey hunting tradition as as we have. There's a couple others you can name, you know, Alabama and a few other deep south states, but we're certainly in a a pretty select uh, group of places in the United States when it comes to turkey hunting. And uh, you're right. I mean, turkey hunting, because of the way it is, you know, it's so interactive. You're holding a conversation with that bird. A lot of times you go back and hunt the same turkey day after day after day. So you learn a lot about the outdoors and just the whole thing. It's, it's a very unique experience and we're blessed to have it here. And what's interesting about the turkey hunting dimension in Mississippi, um, this is generally true that the further north you go, the better the, the better the deer hunter. Certainly, the the bigger the deer are going to get, and the same thing goes true for for duck hunting. Certainly, there's duck hunting in the Pascoe River, and certainly duck hunting here along the coast. You can do go offshore and do some some sea duck hunting. But for the most part, the further north you go, the better the, the turkey, uh, duck hunting is going to be. But turkey hunting is something that's really, there, there are little pockets of, of, of wonderful turkey hunting all over the state. And that's one of the reasons why I refer to Mississippi as the capital of the outdoors. That turkey dimension really adds a lot to the ledger, doesn't it? 
Absolutely. And, um, you know, and what you see, you know, if you're if you're, you're kind of a nerd about it like I am, you, you see that those populations around the state do fluctuate. So, you know, some parts of the state are um, trending up, some parts of the state are trending down, but we have good turkey hunting throughout and uh, and, and we're really blessed in that way. Any, any place that you can find, um, you know, pick pretty hardwood bottoms with some some nice piney woods, maybe with some burning going on in them and stuff like that, you're going to have some turkey. So we've got that sort of habitat all over the place here, and uh, it, it really works out where we have good populations. So you mentioned just a little bit about the habitat. Um, you, the the perfect scenario, like my friends actually bought some land in Shula, and it has some, some relative, the tree growth on it is, I don't know, seven to ten years, but no, no really big trees. Uh, there are certainly some big trees around uh, a, uh, a a bottom, uh, a, a beautiful lake that they have. But um, you don't tend to see a lot of turkeys when there's a lot of young growth, do you? Well, it, it, not exactly. It depends on what you mean. So turkeys, I really almost, when I talk to people about turkey habitat, I refer to like, you have to almost think of them as like two different species all rolled into one. So for most of the year, what turkeys want, what adult turkeys really focus on are really, really open habitats that you're going to find in, in older timber stands. So think of that, you know, like the, the quintessential turkey hunting you know, mental image people have is like that really open hardwood bottom where you can see really far. It's really uh, pretty, picturesque, vista, long view. They like that. They like being around fields and things like that where they can see really far. And that's because they're so worried about predators, they're having to use their eyesight. Uh, and so most of the time, those are the kind of places that Turkey's going to be. Really, really open woods, open habitat, stuff like that. But the flip side is the hens, when they're nesting and when they're raising their young, are very dependent upon um, habitats that are almost the exact opposite, where they need cover. They need, they need concealment. When they're sitting on the nest, they're on the ground, they're vulnerable. They've got to have uh, a lot of heavy, dense brush that kind of hides them from predators. And then when they're young hatch, at least for the first couple of months, they're also really vulnerable to predation. So they got to be in some thick stuff that keeps them concealed and camouflaged. And so what that means is the ideal turkey country, if you will, is really diverse. It's got a lot of the really open, older timber stuff, but it also has to have some of that really younger, scrubby stuff like you're describing. And it's got to have it all kind of intermingled with one another. And that's part of the reason why you don't really see turkeys um, super abundant everywhere is because you got to have the right combination of things mixed together in, the, in, in sort of the right ways uh to provide all of their needs and that's a very special sort of a, a landscape when you can find it well, this land that I'm, I'm mentioning that my friends own um you know you think about the natural predators for turkey like bobcats or coyotes or whatever they are but i wondered I, while we were there i noticed a pack of dogs going through you know from somewhere nearby you know and yeah. they, they look like they might have been uh, you know, Labrador mix or something like that. Um, it wasn't close enough to them to really know, but there's probably five or six of them in this pack. Um, is that also a predator for turkeys? It, it could be. And um, if nothing else, you know, that, that, you know, free roaming dogs like that can kind of harass hens when they're on a nest. So you can imagine, I mean, a pack of dogs like that, if they smell a hen while it's nesting, they're going to go in and investigate. And, and even if all they do is make the hen abandon its nest, 
uh, a lot of times they won't necessarily come back if they've been disturbed. So, um, you know, that's not something we would normally think of as like a, a main predator, but certainly it's not, you know, not ideal for turkeys. In fact, there was a, a study, one of the earliest studies done with turkeys in Alabama uh, back in the late 60s by Dr. Dan Speak at Auburn found that uh, free range and feral dogs were a pretty significant um problem spot for the turkey populations that he was studying so again uh you know not not like you like you said not like a bobcat or something like that a traditional predator but obviously not a friend of the turkey if they're bumping again off a nest you you've you've had to answer that before i i, I roaming dogs probably are a constant aggravation for landowners in mississippi that's something that you're you're used to hearing isn't it yeah and um i i think back to uh a visit I did with a landowner, you know, probably a decade or more ago, and it was um, down in Pike County, if I remember correctly. And man, his place was perfect, perfect, beautiful turkey woods, uh, had everything you would think you need. But but his complaint was he didn't have any birds. And you know, we rode around and looked at the property and couldn't really figure out what was going on. Um, you know, I didn't really have an explanation for him. Man, you, your place looks great. And and finally, kind of later on in our visit, he mentions to me that some neighbors down the road had a big pack of dogs that just sort of free roamed and about twice a day came through his place just you know causing all kind of chaos and everything and i finally concluded maybe that's what was going on that those dogs were causing enough disturbance that it was probably making the turkeys be very wary about going on to his property um you know just kind of total speculation but you know sometimes yeah. hey, you know is there is there anything legally he can do about that well, you know, that gets into that gets into sort of a sticky situation. I mean, obviously, you know, at the local level, call animal control or something like that. I'm not at all condoning, you know, taking matters into your own hands when you're talking about yeah. somebody else's animals. But yeah. but it is frustrating, of course. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I hear it a lot. One, at this main farm we used to have that we gave up this year. Um, we, we got dogs on camera all the time. It was just a kind of a constant aggravation, but you know, that's probably, a, I might actually uh, spend some time with someone in a future show and talk about, I'm not talking about dog hunters, uh, although at times dog hunters are an issue as well, but, um, I'm just talking about free ranging dogs that come through your property and kind of stir things up, you know, where you've re really worked hard to calm things down and then suddenly mass hysteria happens because, uh, as you pointed out, feral dogs come running through and you and, and just kind of mess things up. Hey, so uh, you know, this is the time of year where turkey talk is is a big deal. Uh, do you literally feel your world starting to ramp up? Yeah, our our, uh, our deer biologists get really busy in uh, August and September. You know, as deer season coming in, so this is I'm, I'm the opposite. You know, this is my busiest time of the year, February, January, February, and on into the turkey season. So, yeah, a lot of questions, a lot of things to kind of get done. Um, you know, but I, I tell you what, uh, Ricky, I'm I'm more optimistic right now about turkeys in Mississippi than I have been in a long time. You know, we uh, we had a tremendous hatch uh, last summer. Uh, one of the best that we've had in a long, long time. And I've been getting uh, texts and, and calls from people all deer season that are seeing more turkeys on a deer stand this winter than they've seen in a long time. So I'm pretty optimistic about where we're at. That's exciting to hear, actually. This is Adam Butler, Wild Turkey Program Coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk about the implications of a good hatch and why did we have a good hatch? You know, we'll, we'll learn some of those details from Adam. We'll see you after this break.
red egg up, your local John Deere dealer. You can leave it up to us, or you can build it, price it, and own it with a simple click of a button at agup.com. Build it. Select from tractors and lawn equipment. Next, choose which implements and attachments best fit your tasks. Price it. Receive immediate pricing. Own it. Pick it up at your AgUp location. Visit agup.com today to begin customizing your equipment, or feel free to leave it up to us and visit any of our 16 locations in Mississippi and Arkansas. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trust advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601 601- 864-3752. Do you know someone who needs a good career path? Hey, I'm Clifton Carroll, head of the Skills Foundation of Mississippi. We can help. Things are getting more expensive by the day. Food, clothes, gas, you name it. Prices are soaring. To keep up, you need a good job, making good money. You need skills that pay. Right now, demand for skilled workers is at an all-time high, and that means bigger paychecks and more money in your pocket. Great jobs are all over Mississippi in fields like manufacturing, energy, and healthcare. With the right skills training, you could start out making $50,000 or more a year. Plus, training programs usually take less than two years, and training comes at a fraction of the cost of a four-year degree. If you want a good-paying job, then get Skills That Pay. Visit skillsthatpay.ms. That's skillsthatpay.ms. Paid for by the Skills Foundation of Mississippi. All Metro Carpet Cleaning is more than just carpets. We also power wash driveways, walkways, decks, and patios. We can make your house look new again both inside and out. All Metro Carpet Cleaning, a trusted name in home cleaning services since 2010 and A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free estimate or schedule your cleaning, 601-398-8727 or find us on Facebook. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men and a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men and a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation focused on insurance or agriculture? Well, the short answer is both. The family of Farm Bureau companies are proud to offer our many members various insurance products, but we were established for and remain committed to our deep farm roots and our Mississippi farm families. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. 
Pine Grove Behavioral Health understands that lasting recovery and healing begins at the roots of who we are. Transformation is deeply woven into the core of each individual through broad-reaching treatment options. As a result, we have gained a reputation as one of the nation's most comprehensive treatment campuses, drawing an expertise and multiple whole-life treatment programs to effectively address the real complexities of life and addiction. Call 1-888-574-HOPE or visit pinegrovetreatment.com for more information. One place, many solutions. Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3 places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend Adam Butler. love having him on the show. Wild Turkey Program Coordinator for the state of Mississippi. In fact, when Lake Pickle heard that Adam was going to be on the show, he said, wow, I, I like that guy a lot. And it, it, it only goes hand in hand there, actually, that he would like you, given his love of, of wild turkeys, given your love of wild turkeys, and the fact that he has the, the Primo's uh, Speak the Language podcast. It just, it's just fitting that you guys would know each other real well. Hey, well my, we, wife, my wife calls us a cult. He, she, she says that all turkey hunters are in a cult together. <laughs> we're all so crazy about it like there's nobody that's lukewarm about turkey hunting you're all either like all in or you don't get it at all and and she says that all of us that are you know turkey hunters and have bit, been bitten by the bug are in like a big cult together <laughs> well my son jordan is a member of that cult <laughs> i can i can assure you hey so uh, look adam um you were saying before we went to the break that the hatch that you're really excited about this year because the hatch was so good what what has to happen for you to have a great hatch across the state well some of that we know some of that we don't know obviously you know um you know we talked a little bit about habitat earlier so having nesting habitat and brood habitat that's all important uh at the local level um the predator context of the property you're talking about in but when we're talking about like broad swaths of, of mississippi having a really good hatch and the stars all aligning across really the entire state and almost the entire deep south um you know a lot of that is is um probably environmental uh we probably had the right weather conditions in the spring um, where during the time period in April and May when the hens were mostly sitting on their nest, it was fairly dry, which is usually good. If it rains a lot, uh, typically we don't see as good a hatch, but last year that period was really dry. But on the flip side, you don't want to be in like extreme drought during the summer because once the poults hatch, uh, they're really sensitive to insect communities and insects are tied to lush, abundant vegetation. And so if if the if the if the weeds dry out, the grasshoppers sort of die off, and and so you need you need just enough rains periodic throughout the summer to keep things green and lush, but not so much that we get super wet. And and we had that last summer, uh, and so you know we saw, like I said, um, by far the best hatch of my 15 years working for MDWFP, and really uh, one of the best hatches uh, statewide since we've been recording brood data going all the way back to the mid 90s. And like I said earlier, I mean, you, you, we're seeing the results of that already. Uh, I've been getting, you know, texts and pics from people all winter sitting on deer stands, you know, looking at big flocks of turkeys. Um, had a gentleman about two weeks ago show me a video of a flock of a hundred turkeys uh, that that had been videoed from a deer stand, you know, out in a out in a uh, grain field. So um, that's really welcome news. Um, 
you know, this is like, like I said, in my, my time here with MDWFP, uh, this may be the first time where the entire state had a good hatch. We've had other years where parts of the state will do good and other parts not so good, but really it seemed like last summer everybody did great and uh, is a real shot in the arm we needed. Well, how do you get that data? How, where, 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 what are the data sources for that data? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so we, one of the ways we uh, measure the hatch, uh, the primary way is through what we call our brood survey. Uh, and essentially we have everybody who works for our agency, whether they be, you know, conservation officer on the law enforcement side, a biologist on my side of the fence. Uh, and we also work with outside partners like uh, other conservation groups, uh, some private timber companies, even private individuals that have a turkey interest. They record the number of turkeys they're seeing during the summertime, uh, during the months of June, July, and August. They're recording the number of hens, the number of poults, the number of gobblers, and stuff like that. And from that, we can get kind of a relative gauge of how good the hatch was. And, you know, most every state within um, the range of the wild turkey in the United States does that same survey. And uh, we've, uh, as a group, collectively across the country over the last few years, with as much worry as there's been about turkeys, we've tried to kind of standardize all the protocols so that we can compare data with one another, apples to apples. Um, but like I said, I, 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 you know, as the numbers were rolling in last summer, I just, I, I couldn't believe how good it was looking. And, and when the dust settled, um, you know, the 2022 hatch is, is probably about, you know, in the top three or four or five uh, since we've been recording that kind of information all the way back into the 90s. So, it, you know, this year, uh, what that means for turkey hunters is there's going to be a lot more turkeys in the woods, a lot more jakes in the woods. Um, maybe some frustration this year because of that, but 2024 should be outstanding. Yeah, so they, they see a lot of turkeys, but they just can't find that long beard. That's know? right. That's right. But, you know, that's, that's the beauty of, of turkey hunting, isn't it, man? You know, just drawing that turkey in close so you can get a good look at it and see if that's the trophy you want to take. And uh, if you have to pass through a lot of young birds to, to find that, that trophy, man, that, that bodes well for you for years to come, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and really, you know, l last summer was, was uh, uh, exceptional, but we've had some really good hatches over the last couple of years. So I, I feel like, you know, we've been moving toward a better place than we've been over the last decade or a little more. So that's encouraging for me. That's, that's exciting to hear. Hey, listen, now that we're getting into that mode, we'll have you back in the next few weeks and just get an update on how things are going. But this has been Adam Butler. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. This is Adam Butler, the Wild Turkey Program Coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Have a great week. We'll see you next Monday. And as I always say, say stay safe when you're out in the outdoors. Don't take anything for granted from a safety point of view. We'll have a have a great week. We'll see you later. Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.